This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Let's get to the Phillies. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at this game and I'm going, and I'm tweeting the whole game. And I'm going, my God. Are the Phillies playing the F out of this game? It's like they they were just so aggressive and fundamentally perfect with a managerial strategy that I questioned, and it worked to perfection. So who am I to question what the Phillies do at this point? But I will question the Atlanta Braves because they are swallowed by the ghosts here of past inefficiencies in the playoffs, especially against the Phillies. Now, if you look at the way this game flowed, uh, they've got – Spencer Strider going for him. And when Spencer Strider goes for them, they better win that game because that's really a clear advantage they would have if Spencer Strider is going against Ranger Suarez in game one in their home stadium. And and Strider held up his end of the bargain and they, they find it, the Atlanta offense was shut down. Now, uh, let's just go how rare that is for them to, to get shut down. There, there's a, a crazy stat in here. I, I got to get it. They have not been shut out uh in um in that stadium i I think it's been uh uh god damn it i lost the stat but it's something like august of 2021 yeah i mean that's that's august 28th 2021 Uh, was the last time they were shut out i that i I saw that the the phillies are just in their heads The, the longer that game went on you could see the panic setting in with the Braves because they were missing center cut fastballs. Now, I get it that they're slugging with the fastballs that are above 95 is not as good as below 95, and that was the major part of the game plan for Rob Thompson. But they were missing center cut fastballs, which which means you're squeezing the bat a little too hard in desperation to try to get something going. You're used to being a great offensive team. All of a sudden, you go, uh-oh. Uh-oh, we're not scoring any runs here. We had we squandered some situations in this game. Uh they they got a couple of guys on in the um in, in three of the innings and just didn't come through with any big hits in that game. Um so they're in their heads. Now here 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 go. They're in the fourth inning. And Suarez walks a guy. And but but he had been pitching pretty well. Here comes Thompson, and I'm going, oh my God. Now, I, I've seen it be kind of before, so it didn't flip my lid, but I'm going, well, what would his, be his mi- mindset right here taking Ranger Suarez out of this game? They're going to have to ask for uh, six relievers to get through this game. And son of a gun, if they don't do it. Uh, and Hoffman gets into a little bit of trouble, but then he, he gets out of it. And so th- they use six relievers. They, use, they go from Hoffman to Dominguez. Uh, who hadn't pitched well, and he's throwing 99 right at him and right past him, and he strikes out Acuna and Riley in that inning after he got into a little bit of trouble. 
Then Alvarado gets through an inning, and then Kirkering gets through an inning, enough to the point where they send him out for the next inning. As soon as he walks the guy, he was ahead of him, 0-2, walks the guy, boom, that's the end of him. Let's bring in Strom because I like these matchups. They wriggle out of that inning, too, because Strom got in a little trouble, and they get to Kimbrell. I mean, it was a master chess game by Rob Thompson. I don't know if he's that smart or his players like have to uh, perform to make him look good. But what did you see in this game? Uh, first of all, I think he's smart, but I also think he has tremendous assistant coaches, um, his pitching coach, everybody. I'm not going to go through the names at, that, at this point. But um, And Strom was the pitcher when Turner made the play, the double play. Uh, do you remember back in spring training when we were down there and we were watching Bobby Dickerson, the infield coach, in infield practice, and he was driving home that play. He kept hitting that play to 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 short. And what was he saying? Kill the chaos. Kill the chaos. Big moments. And what did that? What what happened there? It's exactly what happened. Turner stopped the ball. Killed the chaos. They good teams coach for those big moments. They've been practicing for that for that moment since spring training. And that, a lot well, of people. I, I tell you, you're right. They're a very tactical team. Now, um, first of all, the the strategy to to hit him with with heat. Um, they 31 pitches in this game were 97 miles per hour yeah. or faster, uh, and and high heat and uh, slugging when they're at that velocity against the Braves is usually more successful. So he figured that part of it out. But also, there's little things that people don't see, like slower moves to the plate that Turner who's a brilliant mind and baseball strategist, brilliantly very tactical, slow move to the play, boom, steal second, steal third. And, um, and, and that's the kind of thing they do better. That's when I, when I say they play the F out of the game. They made those kind of aggressive baseball type of plays. They had the confidence to make those kind of plays. Meanwhile, the Braves are squeezing the bag on, oh, my God, we're an offensive team and we're not scoring. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Now, if you look at that double play, um, I thought Ozzie Albies, this is an example of it. Uh, now, Ozzie Albies is a good player. and uh, I, But I'm quite sure that when he hit that ball up the middle, he knew he hit it hard enough to get a base hit. When when you think you've got a base hit, you're not busting your ass down at first baseline. And all of a sudden, Turner snags it on a dive. And then he got to restart. And I think it was a step slow because of that. Stott gunned it to get him out on a double play. But those are the, t- the differences that a, a team that's really after it, that really wants to take it from you, does, and the other team lays back thinking it's going to happen. And the Braves are in that kind of a situation now. Uh, Harper and Turner. Hit, Harper's his seventh home run in 20 postseason games. Turner with, with a couple steals and turns a brilliant double play. Those two guys are masterful baseball players. And when the moment is hot... They deliver. That's why I never worried about anything those guys did this season where you're in a slump, where the Turner was squeezing the bat, whatever it was. Uh, and, and so uh, the, the Phillies now are in a situation tonight where they got Max Freed against the race. And this is the, the beauty of this whole thing works out for the Phillies because, you know, the Braves had a layoff and um, they were allowed to set up their pitching staff. But the layoff sometimes can over Trump. The, the getting your pitching staff in tow. And, and in this situation, I think it did for the Braves, which means they're probably going to change that uh, that gap that the uh, division by winners uh, get and don't play in, in five games. Uh, but but now Max Freed has to – Max Freed, who hasn't pitched in a really long time, 17 days I think it is, with a blister, 
now has to deliver at home against Zach Wheeler, who pitches very well down there. The Braves crowd is all in a tizzy to the point where they're, they're going, gulp, is it going to happen again to the point where they're throwing freaking cans on the field in disappointment for their team? And if the Phillies get ahead early, you can see that thing, you know, it's the sphincter. The, the sphincter is an interesting muscle in the human body. It can get really tight. And if the Braves get behind in this game with the crowd putting pressure on them, the Phillies could sweep this series, and I never thought that was going to happen. Phillies can really take control of this series with a win tonight. In, in, uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens as they got to face Max Freed. So um, let's bring in Scott Lauber, covers the Phillies for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, Scott, I, I was just amazed at game one uh, because the Phillies – and I, I tweeted this out. They just played the f out of that game. I mean, they they played with with the with fearlessness, and they played with the, the just fantastic fundamentals. And, and it looked like one team was scared, and the other team was going. What what did you see? It looked like one team was prepared, and the other team had no idea what to expect. And the one that was prepared, that's the one that's been going for all week long, right? That had to get through a wild card series. You know, there was a lot of talk here in Atlanta uh, when we got here about the layoff, right? The Braves felt like last year maybe the layoff hurt them. So they changed everything. They, uh, you know, they moved their their intra-squad simulated games to the evening. They brought in minor leaguers to play against. They brought fans into the stands so they had people to watch them. They did everything the opposite of what they did last year, and it didn't matter because the Phillies looked at game one and said, okay, like the disadvantage we're at now is no Wheeler and no Nola in game one. And Ranger Suarez is a good pitcher, but he's left-handed, and the Braves have hit lefties pretty well all year. And they have this bullpen, which happens to have the highest average velocity in the majors on their fastball, collectively. And the Braves' slugging is like considerably lower against uh, 97 and up than it is against 96 and down. So the Phillies said, you know what, we're going to kind of bullpen this thing. And, uh, you know, Rob Thompson was telling everyone before the game, like, there's no script. You know, we're going to go and see how how Ranger does and all of that. There was a script, and they followed the script to a T. Suarez allowed one hit uh, out of the first 13 batters he faced and then was out of that game. And they went reliever to reliever to reliever for the next, you know, close to six innings, 15 um, – whatever it was, 16 outs uh, through the bullpen. And they dominated the Braves with velocity and different looks. And they played, like you said, they played the F out of that game. So, um, you know, uh, they, they did what they felt like they needed to do to win. It wasn't without risk. Like if Hoffman gives up a couple of runs there in that fourth inning, everyone wants to, you know, like, you know, wants Rob Thompson's head on a platter. Um, so it was gutsy. They felt like it was what they needed to do. They played the heck out of it, and they won. It's um, it's really astounding how how Thompson looks like a, a master uh, chess player at this point. That that thing worked out because everybody that that saw the the early hook for Suarez, like what 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 the hell are you doing? Uh, and and he knew exactly what he was doing. And unfortunately, it worked out for him, and it could have gone backwards, but it it didn't go backwards. And and so the plan he had to get through that game was a perfect plan. But when when he got Ranger, what was your thought? I was with you. What's he doing? You know, like told us before the game that you were going to sort of 
read and react to what Suarez was doing. And, you know, once through the order plus, a uh, little bit plus, he was great. Um, I thought he was cool. I thought he, you know, he threw like 53 pitches. I thought it was low effort. I thought it was, you know, there was a lot left. And the interesting thing was he decided to tell everyone, like he told Real Muto, he told the bullpen what they were doing. They didn't share the plan with Suarez because he didn't want him to go out there and do anything differently or prepare any differently or do anything. So Suarez looked surprised, right? Like he looked like, what are you doing taking me out of this game? They had to explain to him later, like, this was the plan. This is what we were going to do. Um, but, you know, everyone was sort of on the on the right page. And look, it was gutsy and, and all of that. It also took execution. Like they didn't know Sir Anthony Dominguez was going to go out there and throw 98-99 and strike out Acuna and Riley. You know, it was like last year where he went out and he struck out Goldschmidt and Arenado in St. Louis, and it was like, well, you know, all that struggling down the stretch, he's got his mojo back. So it was a tremendous amount of trust as well, I think, in his bullpen that they could do that. And one of the things I was curious about going into the postseason was, you know, how he'd use this bullpen because he has more options now than he had a year ago, more options that he trusts than he had a year ago, which is great. Any manager would prefer more options than less. But with more also comes the possibility that you make more mistakes. Because with every pitching change you make, the odds rise that you're going to get it wrong, right? If you've got like three guys or four guys back there and you know exactly how you're going to use them, um, you know, there's less of a chance of messing something up. And I think what we saw last night or uh, two nights ago was, um, you know, he's got a plan for how he wants to deploy a lot of these guys. Um, He brings Hoffman in with men on base. He wants Dominguez against certain hitters. He likes Alvarado against, you know, certain hitters in that lineup, including Olsen. He wants he wants him to match up against Olsen as much as possible. He likes Kirkering against a special pocket of that lineup. So he's got it kind of figured out how he wants to use it. It's just a matter of getting the game situation to that point where he can use them the way he wants. It's amazing how tactical he's been. Uh, and you're talking about the risk. I mean, Hoffman's even a risk. I know he's he's really pitched well and, and he they trust him. But this is the first time in that kind of a situation to put him in the game. Dominguez, the same thing. And, and even Kirkring later in the game. I mean, you're taking chances with these guys, but the belief they have in him is pretty amazing. Uh, so let's go to the fourth inning when he takes him out. Now, Olsen gets to hit. He gets gets the yank. The Braves wound up uh, loading the bases. And and then he, he gets Harris. Uh, and, and then in the fifth, you, you got uh, two guys on uh, with uh, – well, Rosario getting that second second single, so it's it's first and third, and Dominguez, Case, Riley, and Acuna and Riley. These are amazing uh, performances where you're you're playing this game and you're going after them. And I'm looking at the Braves, and I could just see the uh-ohs coming out of them. I mean, you can, it's the same thing as last year. They they look like they get spooked. They look like these ghosts catch up with them. Did you see that in this game as well? Absolutely. I think the Phillies are in their heads. You know, I'll tell you a story. A few weeks ago when they clinched, when the Braves clinched the division in Philadelphia, some of their players were talking afterwards during their their party, their celebration about like how it meant something to them that they clinched in Philly because that's where it ended for them last year. And it was sort of something they had to get through. It was something they had to get over in order to move forward. And I'm thinking like... Don't you guys realize that in three weeks you're going to be right back in Philadelphia and they might do it to you again, and that's the one that counts? Like the move for me would have been no celebration at all for the Braves. Say, all right, we're happy we won the division. That's terrific. We'll get you in three weeks, and that's when we'll really pop the champagne. And I'm not telling you that the division is not a worthwhile 
thing to celebrate. It is absolutely a worthwhile thing to celebrate. I'm a defender of the regular season, and I believe that a regular season division championship is actually harder to do than a World Series because you've got to do it over six months. But, you know, I mean, you have to know if you're the Braves, you're going to face them again. And what does it all mean if in three weeks they're celebrating on their field just the same way they were last year? They're definitely in the Braves' heads. Snitker, I think, actually said the Phillies scare him more than any team out there. That was down the stretch. He used those words. Um, They kind of knew it was going to be this way again. Uh, They kind of knew that they were going to be right back in that same situation where they were going to have home field advantage after a bye. As I said, they did everything differently than they did a year ago. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the schedule, the buy, everything that goes into it, plus the opponent, is definitely in their in their minds. There's definitely a sense of deja vu there, and you know they desperately, you know, look, it goes without saying they have to win game two, but you know they they need to do it in a way that they go to Philadelphia with a little bit of confidence because they're going to have to steal one game back in Philly in order to get back home here. So at a minimum, so um, you know, I, I definitely think that they're in their heads and. And uh, the whole thing is in their heads, whether it's the schedule and the buy and how to be ready for this and the opponent. It's just, uh, you know, it's kind of um, it's it's definitely evident when you watch the Braves that uh, that that's going that's going on here. Well, and, and, you know, listen, they got to be thinking that uh, Bryce Elder, who has not pitched well uh, over the second half of the year, has to go into that cauldron and win a game three for him. And if I'm a player, I go, oh, my God, I don't know if we got enough now. Uh, but let, let's see, see I, when I was doing a radio show, I would always uh, chastise Philadelphia fans when they would get impatient with Harper being in the slump or Turner this year, obviously. Those are two guys you never have to worry about. And, and uh, it comes to play where, uh, where Turner makes a sensational play. And this is an example of why I think the Phillies played the heck out of the game and the Braves didn't. Albies hit that hard, yeah. But that's probably not a ball that if Albies is running full tilt, I think he thought he had a hit there that they double up on him. I know, I know it's a great play and they, and they executed it very well, but I'm thinking Albies has to be quicker on that play. I mean, did, did you think that at all? Yeah, it's a good point. And Bryson Stott should get more credit than he gets for the turn and the throw. You know, I mean, uh, it was a great play by Turner and that's what we were all talking about was the dive and the stop and then the flip. And, and what's interesting is Turner's had issues with that play at times this year, the flip to second base. And he was saying that, just over the last few weeks, him and Stott have been working with, with Bobby Dickerson on, you know, when to backhand it, how much mustard to put on that throw, and it was perfect. The touch was perfect. Like, he knew how far away he was from second base. He knew he had to backhand it. He knew he had to flip it fast. I think you're right. I don't think Albies was running the way he normally runs because I do think he probably thought that ball would get through or that he'd have a hit. And it goes to the fact that I wrote this today. You know, your stars, everyone in the playoffs has stars, Right. But there's one thing to have stars, and it's another thing to have stars who are not afraid of the moment, who uh, not only aren't afraid of the moment, but who rise to the moment. Harper clearly does that. We know that. Like, the bigger the moment, um, you know, uh, the better he is. And it seems like Turner is kind of cut from that same cloth. I mean, he's got experience in the postseason. He's won a World Series. It helps to have been through this all before. You know, but also, like, a couple of hits in Game 1 against the Marlins, a couple of hits in Game 2. He steals two bases in the eighth inning of Game 3 to kind of scratch across a run that was a meaningful run because now you get to bring Kimberlin into a three-run game and not a one- or two-run game. That's a big difference. Um, he makes that play in the bottom of the eighth. I mean, here's a guy who's a superstar in the game who I don't think you have to worry about, you know, when these games get bigger and the moments get bigger. I think he realizes that. I don't think he shrinks from it. 
Um, you know, I mean, the Phillies have played against a lot of star players the last couple of years in the postseason who've come up small, right? Whether it's Goldschmidt and Arenado in St. Louis last year, certainly Acuna did not did not acquit himself well in Game One against the Braves. Um, you know, you want your stars to be your best players when the games matter most, and it seems like their two biggest names, their two biggest stars, at least on the position side, um, have have a gene for it, have a knack for doing that. Yeah, you're right about Stott. That was easy gas that he threw. It didn't even look like he was straining. He got some great velocity on that relay throw. But but again, I'm looking at it like, you know, the Phillies really are hungry. And that's the way they played that game. And the Braves really weren't. And, and so I look at it like, I mean, are the Braves defeated already? I mean, look, Mike, it's been going on for a couple of generations now, right? Where the Braves stack division championships upon division championships, and then come up small in the postseason. You know, they've got two World Series to show for all these division titles. And I believe in giving yourself as many kicks at the can as you can possibly have. And like I said, you know, to be a, to be a great regular season team is hard. You need a deep roster. You need depth in your minor leagues. You need to come through that marathon uh, in a way that allows you to overcome all kinds of things during the course of the year. But, you know, Shoot, I mean, do it once in October, you know? I mean, do it more than a couple of times once per generation in October. And it does. It seems like the Braves, you know, whether they kind of keep their foot on the pedal and, you know, ride through that regular season and get their 100-plus wins and, and they get their, their blue banner that they hang here in their, in their uh, you know, in their stadium. And that means a lot to them. Maybe it doesn't mean as much to the Phillies, especially in the wild card area. You say if you're the Phillies, they, they talk about, hey, let's just get in. And when we get in, that's when we go because we're built for this. We're built for the shorter sprint. It's like if you're a marathon runner, you know, and you're really good at running marathons, when you get into a sprint against Usain Bolt, you're going to lose. He's going to beat you. And they're kind of Usain Bolt in the postseason. It's it's uh, it's kind of amazing how uh, get in and get it going and uh, and you feel like you can beat anybody. Listen, the Braves are a professional baseball team, right? Uh, but but uh, I can't imagine that they're not tight right now. And, and, and as an example, their fans are so exasperated. They're, they're throwing beer cans and water bottles onto the field. And uh, when you're in a must-win situation and, you're, and your fan base can flip on you like that, I know your butt is tight as it is. That really tightens it. I mean, they're in a, they're in a no uh, uh, mistake situation here where everything has to go perfect for them. And, you know, some teams can play that way. This team doesn't look like it can based on what they did last year against this team. Yeah, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. They are a model organization in baseball, Braves and Dodgers, right? That's who everybody wants to be because those are the teams that get to the postseason year after year after year. John Middleton was talking about this the other day. Like, you know, the Phillies, you know, had their 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 golden era 07 to 11 and five division championships and a world series and a couple of pennants. And they think they could have had more. And then they went through a 10 year period where they were like wandering the desert, trying to figure out how to do it. Meanwhile, the Braves are really good year in, year out over and over and over again. And that's what you want to be. That said, um, you know, like I said, this is not their time of year. Uh, it's, it's strange that it happens so often to them. It's almost like when they win a world series, um, you know, it's, uh, I wouldn't say out of the blue, but it's kind of out of character for them in the postseason. I do wonder whether if it was a different opponent in the first round, it might be different because I do think the Phillies are in their heads. Um, but look, I mean, it's clearly, you know, the Braves have to do it um, 
with their offense uh, right now because Max Fried goes to the mound tonight. He's got this blister on his finger. No one's sure how far he's going to be able to go. Uh, then they have Elder in game three, as you mentioned. They'd have to go back to Strider in game four in Philly where he, it's going to be merciless on him. Uh, and then Freed again in game five. You know, they got to win three games basically with, with Freed and Strider. So Freed's got to win two almost. And uh, in order for that to happen, I really think their offense has to kick it into gear. Um, they are the, you know, they, they did hit more home runs than, you know, they tied the Twins, the 19 Twins for the most home runs uh, in history. They did slug better than anybody has ever slugged in history, including the 27 Yankees. So, you know, what you want from them tonight, if you're a Braves fan, is you want to go out and you want to put up a big number. But that's hard to do in the postseason when everyone's got their pitching cranked up um, and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Last thing. Um, I understand that they tried to prepare differently for this series, the Braves, because the layoff. And there's a lot of people that don't like this layoff. You know, with these uh, the teams that are lower seeded are winning because they continue to play, and maybe they'll change that in the future. And I'm sure this has hurt the Braves. But they prepared to play this series in a certain way, and then the lineup comes out and it's different. And uh, you know, listen, I been around baseball for a while. I think when when you put that like, why are we tra- changing something that we've never changed? That increases the magnitude of the moment for these guys, I think. And, and they start to think, oh, my God, well, well we're really up against if he's changing the lineup. This makes the moment even bigger. I, I don't know. I thought it was a terrible thing to do. Absolutely. I was about to say that, um, you know, he changed the lineup. It's not the first time they faced a lefty all year long. I mean, come on. You know, and this is the team that has run out Acuna, Albies, Olsen, um, Riley uh, in every single game, basically. I mean, they're, they, they never get days off, these guys. Uh, they bat in the same order. They've had historic success, as I mentioned, highest slugging percentage ever. And against a lefty, and not like, we're not talking about like, you know, vintage Clayton Kershaw here. We're talking about Ranger Suarez, who's a good pitcher, but he's the Phillies' number three starter. You know, you're going to change your lineup. I, I definitely think it's sort of like, it's sort of a bit of a, a bit of a head turner when you walk into that clubhouse and you look at the lineup card and you're, you're Austin Riley and all of a sudden you're batting second instead of where you normally hit. And, you know, it's like, what's the manager doing here? Why is he fiddling with something that's been so good? Should we be concerned? Should we be worried? Are we going to be in for it tonight? So sure. I do yeah. think that that was, I do think that goes to the whole thing uh, about the, the Phillies being in the Braves heads and Snicker saying like, it's the, it's the toughest, it's the team that scares me the most. And A.J. Minter during their celebration saying, we know we're going to face them again, but we're sure as heck glad we clinched here because we got to get over last year. Like, it's going to happen to you again if you, if you don't change your mindset. You know, I'm almost, you know, you're almost surprised the Braves didn't ease off the gas the last few weeks of the season to maybe finish second in the National League and get in the other side of the bracket and let the Phillies be the Dodgers' problem. You know, that's how much the Phillies are kind of in their minds. But it's not sort of the way the Braves are wired. It's not the way they do things. They're a regular season team that prides itself on having these great regular seasons. And they should be they should be applauded for that. You talk about changing the playoff format. I'm all for doing something because it does not feel like um, a team that wins 104 games and has the year the Braves had should go into game one with the kind of pressure they had on their shoulders. That felt like a must-win game for them. Maybe you make the maybe you make the division round seven games. Maybe it's as simple as that. Make it a seven game series. Give them a little bit more leeway. So if they lose game one at home, it's not Panic City all of a sudden because it shouldn't be that way for a team that had such a good year. Maybe you go back to the one game wild card. It was an exciting game. 
uh, these wild card series have all been sweeps anyway. Maybe you uh, eliminate an off day somewhere. You make the wild card team travel and play the very next day. I don't know what you do, but you got to do something to kind of give this the, the division champion a little bit more, um, a little bit more, uh, a little bit less pressure in game one of the postseason. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be changed. There's enough bitching about it that, that Major League Baseball is going to attack it. But, but you're right about this point. The, the last thing you want to do to baseball players is make them think because they're not great thinkers. They, they want to go out there and play the game, and they don't want to be clouded up by another thought because it's hard enough as it is. So so when you, know, when, when you change something like that, it's like you automatically you go, why are we doing this? And when you ask that question in your head, you're taking away a little, however little focus it may be, you're taking away some focus on, on the moment at hand. Yeah, you don't want to make them think, and you also don't want to take them out of their routine. They're such robotic, routine-oriented people throughout the course of the season. You know, they wake up, they do the same thing every day. It's monotonous, it's long, it's it's a they call it a grind, right, for a reason, because you got to grind your way through the regular season. Now you've given the Braves something to think about, like, oh, you're changing the lineup. You've also given them five days off, right, which is sort of you never get five days off. Even the All-Star break's not five days. You take them out of their routine. I think buys work in a lot of other sports, maybe all the other sports. They don't work in baseball. It's not a necessarily an advantage. The advantage should come from not being able to line up your pitching, from being able to have that first game at home. You know, first game at home against the other team's number three starter should be a major advantage. Apparently, it's not enough of an advantage, and it's not just the Braves. It's the Orioles. You know, it's they're, you know they're, we look at teams over these last couple of years, not a, not a large sample size, two years, but enough good teams, division-winning teams, had trouble coming off um, an unusual amount of time off. So you don't want to give them, you know, you don't want to give them five days to sit around and think about the Phillies, first of all. Yeah. And then you don't want to give them a lineup change to have to think about. It's just the Braves are definitely doing it, uh, uh, playing like they're running away uh, instead of trying to embrace the moment. Listen, if they if the Braves lose this game tonight, there is no way they win game three. And and this could be one of the most astonishing results to getting swept as the Phillies continue to, to plow through these playoffs. Uh, Scott, always a pleasure. Uh, have fun covering this game tonight. We'll see if uh, if Freed can match up against Wheeler. I hope Wheeler has his best stuff tonight because if he doesn't, the Braves are going to lose this one as well. He grew up right here, right near where Truist Park is, and uh, he pitches pretty well there usually. So I would expect a good Zach Wheeler. Scott, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Scott Lauber of the Inquirer. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Mike Bissonelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.